Jimmy. I don't know. It's Christmas Eve. I'm looking at the time, and the problem is, is I gotta go. No, you can't go. Why can't I go? I'm telling you, it's just not a good idea for you to go. I know, but I'd love for you to explain yourself just a little bit. I mean, my point is, I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I really Really can't can't stay. stay. Scotty, it's cold outside. I really can't stay. I cannot stay. But I'm telling you, it's cold. Yeah, I, I said this to Jeff. Can't stay. Uh, and I figured he'd like it because it's 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 silly. Scott, it's so cold outside. I really can't stay. I can't stay. I really can't stay outside. I really can't stay. But Scotty, it's cold outside. I really can't stay. Scotty, I repeat, it's cold outside. I really can't stay. For the 15th time, I'm telling you, it's cold out of this house. (laughs) I really, really can't stay. Has she listened to this? You said Heather hates the song. Has she listened to this version? Not this version. I don't think she'd appreciate it because, I mean, if you just don't like the music at all, I don't think. This would help. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, I gotta get going. I've been I mean, telling you, you can't go. It's cold outside. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, to reiterate my point, it's uh, I cannot stay. I hear where you're coming from, but I'm warning you, you open up that door, you're gonna get cold. <laughs> Maybe so. But I have one other point I want to make. I'd like to hear it. I really can't stay. But Scotty, it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on like that. Anyway, um, this is what what would you say? A fourth show in a row we're not doing on a day where we're supposed to be doing the show? Opportunistic show. Yeah. I mean this the whole the point was we had various different events that caused us to be able to miss lots the shows. of snow. And then yeah, the, the, what happened was I was going to not come to uh, Sunday's show. And then the dinner that I was at didn't last as long as I thought. So it seemed like I could. And I, start, and I was almost here. Like, I was five minutes away. And it had started to snow pretty heavily. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is bad. And so I said, I called Jeff. I was like, oh. I, I agonized over to do it. And I just went home. And it was good things. It was sleeting all the way home. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, that was 100% your call, right? You're yeah. the one that had to get home. But it was it was yeah annoying being like five minutes away, and ugh. But but the reason why we're doing this show now on Thursday is because I know that Saturday there's a party going on. You're invited too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sunday and tomorrow both look like they could be snowy. I'm not sure. Let's just. Mm-hmm. Let's get this one done. So sure, seemed like a good idea. Worked for me. We're drinking the Samuel Adams ginger beer, zesty and bright, from Sam Adams, the official, unofficial <laughs> yeah, supplier of pre-show beers. Summit has its way too, and and <laughs> occasionally other other brewers, and sometimes just what we find. <clears throat> so, I got sciencey stuff to talk about. But I don't know what you want to talk about. So. What do I want to talk about? I got various things and stuff to talk about. Have you um, seen 
Oh, I can't think of the name of the show. The the man in the tall tower. Man, the man in the. I know. I know. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, man in the the high castle. High castle. That's it. I watched the uh, pilot last night. Uh huh. And I know the concept. The concept's weird, though. Well, the concept is for people who aren't listening, and this isn't a spoiler. The concept is America lost World War II, but not just America lost World War II. America has been divided up between the Germans and the Japanese, like Germany was. Mm-hmm. So not only did we lose the war, but some inconceivable th- series of events happened that the war came to North America, and we still lost the war. Right. Which I have too hard of a time getting my head around. <laughs> With our manufacturing base and everything mm-hmm. as it was, they would have never. I mean, we didn't invade Japan because it would have been crazy. And may- maybe that's how the story plays out. Maybe they dropped the bomb. I know they dropped the bomb. They dropped the bomb on DC. Mm-hmm. Germans dropped the bomb on DC. They say that in the pilot. So, so maybe we capitulated because we didn't have the bomb and they did. I guess that could change the power to make yeah, something yeah, like that happen. Some- but they haven't. They didn't really cover that, right? So I'm like this whole like three quarters of the pilot. I'm like, I just can't buy into this <laughs> world. I, I, I like dystopian yeah. stuff, right? But I just can't sure. buy into. <laughs> I just can't buy into 1945 things turning that drastically. Mm-hmm. But maybe if they dropped the bomb and we didn't have one, we would have sort of yeah. surrendered. All those Hitler bombs. Hey, I I haven't seen it. I've heard. Decent things, not great things. Not yeah, the like pilot's that. pilot's not great. Um, I guess you know I'll probably watch a few more to see. But uh, when I when I heard the premise, I'm like, oh, that sounds intriguing enough. But like I said, my main thought for the almost the entire pilot was, I just can't get into this. <laughs> I can't get behind the, this series of events that led to this. But I guess now that I've considered the the atom bomb, that I guess I'm a little better. It's set in like 1962. The man in the high castle is is a anti Nazi, right? He's he's supposed to be the hasn't been oh. revealed. I, I think that's what I read is that the that refers to somebody who is like the the leader of the resistance. Okay, uh, it was a book or a short story by um, some famous. I um was it? It wasn't Dick. It was I don't think it was Phil K. Dick. It might have been actually. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Lots of great sci-fi stories. If you want to check out some of those cool short stories, uh, Dick makes some of them. I mean, they've been made into movies like Total Recall and that, but uh, one of my favorites is, um, I, wonder, I think it was Ellison. Okay. Um, I want to check on that. Yes, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Okay. Great story. Like uh, 10 pages, 15 pages, something like that. Great little uh, crazy story that I think actually you'd dig. All right, I'll check it out. Actually, I've been—I just read two novels. Uh, I was looking for some new sci-fi or something yeah. like that. So, have you heard of the Honor Harrington series? No, but what I have heard of is that somebody told me about this um, at the at dinner. They said that I should really read the Three Body Problem. Okay, that—that's a new book. It's out, and the whole series is supposed to be really awesome. So it's a sci-fi. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. David Webb is the author of Honor Harrington, and I read the uh, first two books so far. Um, it's 
space battles, but it, it's it, the interesting angle on the space battles is because of the distances involved and the kinds of weapons they have and the drives that they have and the shooting they have, it's, it's like a, uh, a sailing ship naval battle. So, you know, the way the story is told, it, it's not this necessarily this chaotic X-Wings and TIE Fighters zooming all over the place, but it's more of a strategic battle. And the, the outcomes are often a foretold conclusion mm-hmm. because of the way things play out in a battle like a sailing ship naval battle. Right. But so, but the battles are, I mean, they're pretty cool, you know, and so I've been enjoying that. I'm going to, it's like a 13 book series. Oh, wow. So... This is this is short. This won the Hugo Award in 1968. You would like it, I think. It's also post-apocalyptic. It uh, involves uh, only a few characters who are the last characters remaining after a supercomputer has wiped all um, life from the Earth and has kept a few people around to be playthings. Nice. And you get yeah. to see then in the in the story you get why the computer did this and what horrible things have happened. To uh, to the people who are part of this, it's great. It, it's great. Okay. And it, actually, I just started reading a new book, not part of that series, but uh, it was one that I was looking for like free ebooks on Amazon, and they, now they have the Prime reading stuff, so you can get some decent books there. I'm reading uh, one called Cyberstorm, and it's basically China launches a cyber attack on the United States, but it's not like the story of the hackers or anything like that. It's two families in an apartment apartment building in New York City, and so it's kind of like a survival prepper type. So it's thing sort of so like far. what Spielberg had to do with War of the Worlds in a sense, where he, you know, the alien stuff was happening, but he focused it on Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, movie. kind of like that, right? Where yeah, it's not the generals and the president mm-hmm. and the stuff, but it's the it's only the point of view. It's um, I think it's first person omniscient. Because I don't think we've... Yeah, it's always this one dude's point of view, right? It's, you know, so it's always in his head and only what he's been able to experience. And, uh... But is it is he saying I and stuff like that? Oh, no. Right, so it's no. Third, it's still third, third person. Third person, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I'm sorry. It's been a while since I've taken my <laughs> <laughs> literature reading classes. But, uh... Um, okay, yeah, so third person, omniscient, and, Because uh, you, you don't know what's happening. Power goes out, the internet's down... His neighbor's a prepper, so he has the kerosene heater and the radios and you know, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it makes you think about, like, first thing they did, China did, was cripple the supply supply lines. You know, they took out FedEx and UPS and, you know, major shipping things. I mean... And you're living in New York City. Yeah. Fuck, you know? If, if the trucks go down and you're living in a big city, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, you are fucked. Um, yeah, that, I mean... The, the amount of stuff that we get shipped in every day into these massive conglomerates humanity is yeah. it's it's ridiculous to contemplate yeah so i've I've only um a tenth of the way or maybe into the book, but you know it's a good read um cyberstorm you can get that free on prime ebook cool. Trying to make a effort to read more. Your kids are reading right now, so you might yeah. as well join them. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, um, you missed. You were not able to come to our escape room journey. Yeah, I, I had to pick 
<laughs> the best out of all outcomes, and it just couldn't go. Uh, we we escaped the apartment, so you would have at least had a win under your belt. Cool. Uh, we escaped it in fifty four minutes and fifty five seconds, something like that. So we had five, at least a little bit over five minutes left to go. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. We had a good time. Oh well, there'll be more. There will be more. Um, what else happened? I think crates. I'm okay. I'm going to miss New Year's this year. Uh, not because I want. I mean, I wanted to be able to find a, a, a way to visit my sister and, and niece and nephew in Boston because I had that whole week off, the whole mm-hmm. Christmas week off. Right. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to get back here in time for the show. Um, but there wasn't a way to do that that cost a reasonable amount of money. <laughs> That's okay. So, unfortunately, the only way to was to go over and into me coming back on the first. So we're gonna we're not gonna we're gonna miss out on a yearly tradition, but we can always reestablish those or whatever. Yeah, we we uh, I've been meaning to put together a podcaster show, live show, and then also just a call-in type show mm-hmm. or something. You know, so we can just do those instead of the the New Year's show. And I can stop dragging my feet and set those up. Okay. What else? Well, anyway, on to the science, I guess. Okay. I um was interested because we, we kind of uh, commiserated around uh, potential and stuff like that last time. We had a good time. So I said, well, let's, let's continue with that. Let's continue on that All vein. Right. And let's talk about uh, Tesla coils and how Tesla coils work. Okay. Are you, are you interested? Fun? Yeah, sure. Okay. Anything that makes lightning sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, a Tesla coil is essentially um, uh, the, the basic functionality is that of a transformer. Uh, you have at the point where it is making lightning, you basically have a place where there's a whole, there's a huge voltage potential of some sort of lot of very mm-hmm. very high voltage so it's trying to find a way to hit ground right it's trying to <laughs> connect that circuit and it has so much potential that it's ionizing the air mm-hmm. and then it's able to actually arc through the air and that's what makes the lightning come home right from a tesla coil so how does it get that big voltage is really the interesting question here how does it get that immense high voltage there because it turns out, I mean, it's it's a little bit like lifting a heavy weight or something like that. You have to do that mm-hmm. somehow. Right. Uh, and this does it through the phenomena of electrical resonance. Okay. Now, what is resonance? Oh, you're asking me. I'm asking you you're what asking resonance asking me. Resonance is... Um, how would I define resonance? So it's kind of a... I'm going to talk about talk through it mm-hmm. before I come to my final definition. So when I think of resonance, I think of... Um, well, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is resonance different than harmonics? And if so, how? So that's kind of put okay. back... I'm kind of... That's on the shelf back here. And now I'm thinking about, like, so resonance is this thing that has this kind of repeating... Uh, do I want to use the word harmonic there or not? But it's... it it. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying. I, I'm trying to. So these aren't fully yeah, no, yeah, completed yeah. thoughts, but so you have these waves. You have them amplifying each other, type thing, right? So you have, say, you have two waves coming at each other, mm-hmm. and they're line where the crests are on top of each other. It's going to amplify. Okay, sure. So when you have things in proper resonance, you know they won't necessarily be canceling each other out you'll have them able to, it'll be doing what you want it to do so either constructive constructive yes uh instead of destructive yes so the the best way i've seen and have heard about contemplating resonance is to think of a system of a simple system that you definitely have experience with and that is a swing a swing set kid my swing set uh obviously if you um if you just whack the kid. You can whack him with a lot of energy, but it doesn't necessarily get the kid moving that much. Another example would be your um, back there. You have I don't know if you still have the punching bag, mm-hmm. but you can right. take a big aluminum bat to that thing and give it a big whack. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to okay. be gotcha. moving that much. You can give it a little bit of a tap, and if you get it at the right point, you can just keep doing a small bit of energy, right? And it will keep adding. To the overall okay. energy in the system. Makes sense. So back to where I was talking about the two waves, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your big wave, your standing wave or whatever, and then you have this little wave that kind of just keeps adding a little bit of energy to mm-hmm. it each time, right? And is that... Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So what you're doing is is if you match the resonant frequency of whatever system it is, you can continually pump energy into it, even if you just do it a little bit at a time. Uh, and with electrical systems, you can do this very, you can do a whole bunch of these very, very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so, you know now what resonance is, or at least you have a concept. What you need to now understand is how a transformer works. I know that already. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. How does it work? You have, uh, two circuits, really, intertwined with each other, one with more wraps than the other one. So, you're basically trading current for voltage, Mm -hmm. because... One and it's through a magnetic transfer, a magnetic induction of one coil to the other. That's exactly so right. yes. when you have, um, I'm trying to figure out which side has the more wraps. If you're stepping up in a transformer, you're starting with, say, mains voltage. You know, mm-hmm. one ten, at uh, you know, say you're running it at. So 10, let 10. so for the people who who so you know you clearly know I don't have yeah. to explain this to you, but let's. Explain it for people who, okay. who aren't aware of how a transformer works. As Jeff said, you essentially have two coils, two coils of wire. Now, it should be noted that a transformer only works on alternating current. Uh, the reason for that has to do with Maxwell's equations, how, electromagne- how uh, electromagnetism works, but we'll get into that in a second. You have something that has you have one wire that is coiled, has a certain number of coils, another wire that has a different number of coils around it. So if you have tried to now you got me confused. I knew I had I knew this in my head mm-hmm. before I started. Now I'm like, which one is it? I think it's I think it's the more coils, right? The more coils would be the higher current. The less coils would be the higher voltage. So if you're going to step up, you're going to step up your voltage, you go from more coils to less coils. Yes, that, that makes sense. That would be a ten to one, for example. Ten to one transformer. Mm-hmm. So you have some current going through this thing that has 10 times as many coils as one next to it. 
Whatever current is going through that, that means that chargers are moving through that. What that means is when you have chargers moving, you create a magnetic field. So the magnetic field, let's say the current is going, you can use the, the thumb rule. So the current is moving upwards, mm-hmm. like where your thumb is, so then the magnetic field is going to be wrapped around like your fingers are around your thumb. Right. Going to wrap around this. Your right hand. Mm-hmm. And that is going to induce uh, a current in the other coil. Opposite. Because it's going to try to equalize mm-hmm. that force. Right. So you have it wrapped around in a different, you know, opposite way. Mm-hmm. But So it will induce the current here. But what's going to happen is you're going to have a trade-off because you're not going to have as much coil of wire. So you're not going to... You're not going to influence as many electrons to move, but you're going to have that all that charge be put in there. Or you're going to have some loss, but you're going to, all that charge is going to be put in there, and that's going to generate to a, a large amount of voltage. It's going to increase your voltage, but decrease your current. Mm-hmm. Because power is uh, current times... Current times potential, right? Current times... Power. Power is current times. Well, turn it to Have to look it up. Anyway, <laughs> it's I a, think it's P is IV. I think. Yeah. Um. So, you you have this system where, and you have this system where you are trading off current for voltage, one or the other. And the reason why it has to be alternating current is because if that field is set up and it's it stays constant, well, the other field is going to equalize it, and that's it. It's just going to equalize, and you're not going to do anything once those fields equalize. Right. So if you set up as alternating current, it's constantly moving on and off. It's constantly changing, so you're constantly getting activity. You're constantly making this voltage change. Right. Um... With AC, so one of the things that's nice about alternating current is that because the electrons are going back and forth and not mm-hmm. moving very far, as opposed to DC current, where an electron would have to leave the power plant, flow the whole way through the wire, and go to ground, you don't need the current as much less. You don't need as much infrastructure because mm-hmm. DC. If you ever go to a data center which has DC cables, the power cords on these things are much thicker. Right. You know they're like this thick. You know, or the size of a quarter thick almost because the resistance. Yeah, the resistance of it and how the the, the um, electrons have to flow all the way to ground for direct current. Where alternating current, that the same equivalent cable would be the same kind of plug that you're used to for your computer, mm-hmm. and. Um, it just just the phenomenon of how AC works, how those electrons yeah. are, are kind of just jiggling around back and forth and, you know, pushing the whole system. It doesn't require as much current flowing through it. So a Tesla coil basically starts with a, a step-up transistor that um, gets your voltage high on to, you know, from the main line into a type of a switch, a kind of spark gap switch with a capacitor on it. So you have a capacitor here. Then you have a spark gap. So this is going to be charged up the capacitor to the point where whatever this gap is, mm-hmm. at some point it's going to spark across that. That's when the, capa- the capacitor will be able to release its energy once that 
once it builds up enough to be able to go across this spark gap. Right. Once that happens, then you put it into essentially it's another transistor, basically. This is the Tesla coil itself, where the secondary is your big coil thing with the thing on top. And this is set up such that the resonance is here in this, between this uh, spark gap switch and this secondary coil. That's where the resonance is set up. So you are constantly adding energy into the Tesla coil, into the secondary, using mm -hmm. resonance. And there you build up this huge voltage potential. Okay. That's a Tesla coil. Fun. It's neat. We should build one. We could do that. Uh, the same principle goes in those, um, those plasma globes. Those are essentially little Tesla coils. Uh, they are operating on much less... They're operating on high voltage, but what, what's happening is there's another aspect going on, which is they fill the internal bit with a noble gas, a couple of noble gases usually, uh, and then they... Um, it's a, basically an RF frequency that's being bounced inside of there. And that is enough to cause the gases to turn into a plasma, and then the electricity will arc out of the coil onto the on, using a capacitive system, it will, mm -hmm. it will arc onto the, to the glass. And then, of course, you get those interesting tubes, because when you have plasma, you're going to have magnetic effects. And basically, they wrap around themselves, and so they make themselves into these tendrils. Okay. And that's also why when you put your, your fingers on the outside, you can get, on, on the big, powerful ones, you, you can see, like, more stuff will go to your finger, because that is more capacitive than, your, than the outside of the glass. So it wants to go to where your finger is. Mm -hmm. And as more of the electrical potential starts to go there, the magnetic potential starts to get wrapped up inside itself and makes it thinner and thinner just because it sort of okay. it makes it uh, wrap up tighter and tighter and tighter and so that's why you get these thin strong lines cool yeah plasma physics is neat but that's all it is it's basically uh, electrical induction set up as a resonance you ever see a big one of those set off in person? Yeah, in fact, I was watching a video on this because, you know, I was doing study for this. Why not? Uh, seeing how other people um, introduce the subject. One of them was these guys who do music with the Tesla coils. Okay. And it's fascinating because when they were describing how they did the music, which was they have a Tesla coil set up with a microcontroller to control how... Basically, I mean, these things can, like I said, electricity can go very, very fast. You can build up potential very quick. And you know how these things work because you can get it to arc in extraordinarily quick times. Mm -hmm. So they have it designed so that, for example, you can figure out how to make it go really fast and make a pop. Make a little psh, some psh, pop noise. And then you do that 440 times a second. Okay. And that makes an A pitch. Mm -hmm. And... So that's how you make music with a Tesla coil. Interesting. They have one at the Science Center. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that one go off? Yeah. I mean, the thing's 12 to 15 feet tall. Mm -hmm. The space between the the cathode and the anode on this, I think that's what they're called, right? Yep. On this thing is probably 10 to 15 feet. 
And uh, when they have light that thing up, it's it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just being there in person and watching that thing go. Yeah. But yeah, you, th- there's no reason why you couldn't build one on your own. You can actually build a um, a small version. It's called a Spark. I forget what it's called. But anyway, a, that isn't really that dangerous by using a, um, a different type of circuit uh, using a transistor to make your own alternating current out of a direct current from a battery. And then you can make a small spark gap. It doesn't need a spark gap, but you can just create a small resonator and then you can use it to light, um, you know, light bulbs and stuff like that. Fresh mm-hmm. bulbs and things right. like that. Cool. Those are easy to make. But yeah, I mean, you do want to be a little bit careful when you're doing it with something like a Tesla. Like, <laughs> you it's, think? It's high voltage. <laughs> Last night, um, went through. We went. Allie and I went through like a product design thing. She wanted to. She has a notebook where she writes down all of her ideas, mm-hmm. and you know, so she's like in this mood right now where she's trying to invent something, come up with an idea. So her first idea was a robot where you can. It has a, you know very very design on the front end, right? Mm-hmm. There's a keyboard. You type in what you want, and it you know the food comes out of the robot. You know, oh, Mr. Meesey. <laughs> <laughs> and then so she's learning about she's having a space unit in school right now, and they're talking about Mars. And she was like, I, I'm kind of invent something that'll help us, you know, survive on Mars and okay. not need a spacesuit. So her idea was a pill that you can take that'll okay. help you tolerate the atmosphere of Mars. So, I talked with her about some of the, uh, cav- the drawbacks. Yeah, some, some of the problems. There are a few, a few. Um, and she's come up with a few other. Oh, she wanted her idea was that um, a TV that muted when the phone rang and paused the show. Not terrible. Not terrible. She was a little sad when I told her things like that exist, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, yeah. that's that's practical thinking. Yeah, that's something that can be done and. Yeah. Yeah. And then I forget what the other ones were. So last night she wanted to do, um, or maybe I proposed the problem, you know, a robot to clean up the room or something like that. Or, you know, so we started talking. She wanted to go and draw it right away. I'm like, no, no, before you draw it, let's talk about requirements. What does it need to do? So it needs to pick up clothes, needs to do this and that. And then after we had a list of requirements, I'm like, okay, what do we need to be able to do these requirements? So we needed a robotic arm, needed camera, it needed an infrared sensor to make sure it didn't pick up the cat. Mm-hmm. It needed... <laughs> um, or just very warm laundry. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, and then after we walked through all that, then she drew a robot that had all of the required feet... Uh, elements to to meet the feature set so that was she was really into it and uh it seemed like it was a it was a cool uh cool yeah exercise to do brainstorming like that can be fun because it especially when you when you give them them when you when you give whoever it is you're talking with but i guess when you give a kid you know there are parameters you have to work with so let's not go crazy in your in, in your thinking but you know we'll just think of, of what we need and then come up with with what we need to to make that Mm-hmm. That's a good way to introduce critical thinking, really, because all right, we have this problem. How do we solve this problem, knowing what what worked in the past and what would likely work right. in the future? Good. 
Yep, having the technology to actually build the robot was not part of the exercise. No, no, it was, no. Yeah. It's about creative thinking and mm-hmm. the sometimes there's an improv exercise called A to C. Uh, and the idea is that if it, uh, if you come up with an idea, sometimes the best idea is not the first idea, but the second idea that comes from that idea. So if you go from A to B and then B to C, C is the idea you want to take, not B. If someone, someone's doing A and the first idea you come up with is B, then you think, well, what then would happen from B to C? Then you introduce C. Okay. So you skip some steps mm-hmm. to keep the story going along and to sort of introduce a new aspect. That's cool. It's kind of A to C work doing this, you know, okay, think outside the box what we can create, what can we create, and then, okay, we're not going to be able to necessarily make this, but who knows what this thinking will give us an idea about how to make a decent kind of hook that will grab certain things in a special way. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But just thinking out your craziest idea, writing that down, and then figuring out, well, if we get this part to work, what does that mean and what can that do? Right. So I'm going to do that more because, like you say, critical thinking and, uh, came, you know, maybe we'll, maybe I'll try to figure out how to rein in the ideas so it's something we can actually make. Yeah. Right? You know, that would be cool. Her coming from an idea to an invention would be sweet. So I'll have to try to guide her that way. Awesome. Figure out how to maintain that, but. Cool beans. Well, I guess we should drink some beers. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right.